Welcome to Engage Your Tribe, a podcast about the art and science of audience engagement. I'm Jeremy Shear, founder and CEO of Tribal Knowledge Podcasting, and my guest is Cord Himmelstein, VP of Digital Marketing at Halo. Cord, it's great to have you on. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. So tell us about Halo and about your work there, and then finish up by telling us one fascinating thing about you that people aren't going to know just from looking at your LinkedIn page. Okay, so Halo is the global leader in branded merchandise, uniforms, and recognition and incentive programs. We empower our clients to break through the noise to connect their culture to their employees and other critical audiences to improving engagement. I've been with Halo and in the employee recognition and reward space for the past 14 years and have worked with numerous clients to help them develop and implement strategies to improve employee engagement for their workforces. Excellent. And now, a fascinating fact about you that you're not going to get from your LinkedIn bio. I recently surpassed my three-year weekly streak for riding my Peloton and have ridden every day for the past five months. Wow, congratulations. Thank you. But unfortunately, you can't out-exercise a bad diet. (laughs) (laughs) You can try, though. You can try. (laughs) You can keep trying. Was that a New Year's resolution? We got we got the bike a, a few years ago, and I found I was only using it a couple of times a week, and I was making excuses. So I just found mm-hmm. a regiment where I just make myself get on every day. If I'm if I'm not really leaving the house, there's really no excuses. Right. Uh, I just put my mind to it and keep going. Awesome, awesome. Yep. All right. So now you wrote a piece for Forbes about how to avoid over communicating with employees with remote employees. And we're going we're gonna to get into that in one second. But first, tell us a little bit about the audience that you're trying to engage, so your internal audience at Halo. Typically, the audience that we're engaging is the employee population of our clients and communicating their culture and their employee recognition initiatives. And within those employee populations, there's really three key audiences. And the first being senior leadership. And we work with senior leadership to help define the strategy and the messaging for their initiatives and their internal initiatives. The second audience would be the managers. And we typically loop managers in prior to any larger scale communications being broadcast to make sure that the managers are aligned with the goals and the messaging that we're gonna put out there. And then the employees. So in the employee recognition and incentive space, our business employees are the primary end users for the core audiences we're looking to engage or the core audience we're looking to engage. So this is the audience that your clients are with your help, with your services. They're trying to engage their employees using Halo's technology, Halo's platform. Exactly. Okay. And as VP of digital marketing, that's your audience that you're trying to engage with your messaging and marketing campaigns and so on, those folks who you just described. Yep. Everything from coming up with the the framework for their program to putting together the rollout plan, the launch communication plan, and then the ongoing communication to the employees. And again, before we dive into your article, I just want to get from you the term engagement What does that mean to you? How do you define this kind of amorphous term? Uh, That's a good word, amorphous. So over the past decade, there have literally been or I've literally seen hundreds of definitions on what employee engagement is. To me, 
Engagement means having a genuine connection where we're open to collaborate and focus on shared goals. It's really an enthusiastic and authentic willingness to work together and contribute. So it's a two-way street. It's not just uh, the audience absolutely. passively con consuming your content. It's reacting to the content in a way that fosters collaboration. That's precisely that's precisely what I mean, yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right, let's dive into your Forbes article. So why is over-communicating with remote employees a problem? Well, we're all inundated with email, Zoom, Slack, and since the pandemic, the problem has been exasperated and compounded. There are so many different channels to communicate, and you don't want to just use them because they're there. You need to understand what channels are the most effective for certain communications rather than blasting out the same message across all of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And so what's at risk when you do that or when you just put too much stuff out there too often? It's hard to break through the noise to really communicate and deliver the message that you're trying to relay. If there's not an alignment of internal communications and internal departments and everybody just decides to send a communication about benefits one day and then a new marketing initiative and then a new trade show or new events or a new piece of content and it all hits on the same day, there's a lot of noise out there. You need to, to be purposeful in terms of planning how you communicate and working with the other departments to make sure that you're not blasting everybody at the same time with different information. That's the old fire hose approach. Exactly. Right? Just the open it full that. throttle and just, here you go. Here's everything mm -hmm. we have to tell you right now. <laughs> and we're going to yeah, tell you I, every day. It's important to know where your audiences are going to be the best engaged and everybody's different. Organizations really need to find that out for themselves rather than just saying, mm -hmm. okay, I'm going to send it on email. I'm going to send it on Slack. I'm going to put it on our intranet. And then I'll send a follow-up email to make sure everybody's read the other areas of the intranet. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, on all of these episodes on Engage Your Tribe, this always comes up, that it always comes down to the audience. And it makes sense. Every audience is different. In order to engage an audience, you have to know that audience and know as much as, as possible about them, including what kind of content is going to engage them and where and when and everything. Exactly. Just because uh, you're looking at internal communications doesn't mean that segmentation shouldn't apply and, and understanding what audiences need which need to hear which messages in which places. Yeah. So now in your article, you outline, I believe it's five tips for avoiding over-communication. We're probably not going to get to all five because it would take too long. But let me just ask you, of those five tips, which one do you think is at the very top? Which, If, if one stands out as the most important, which is it? I think it would be about setting boundaries, especially with how the pandemic has affected the way we work. So the definition of work has obviously changed and the boundaries continue to change with it. So it's more important to set boundaries about how we communicate with one another since we're all so disconnected. And again, what's at stake when you fail to set boundaries? We all know what happens, the relationship degrades. Mm -hmm. And it's not just in business. It happens in our everyday lives. It can happen with friends and family. So it's about respecting and understanding the relationship that you have with your employees and peers. A few months ago, this was back during the, it was more than a few months ago. It was back during the primaries. So this was several months ago. Mm -hmm. And I remember I started getting text 
marketing. Text would pop on my, on my phone from various political campaigns. And I remember feeling like, whoa, you're breaking into my phone in a weird way that I'm not comfortable with. And that felt to me like a boundary. And I know that SMS marketing has become a thing and that there's a whole theory and philosophy around it. At least for me, though, when I, when I first encountered that, I felt like you've crossed a line here that I'm not totally comfortable with. I couldn't agree more. And as I mentioned, the way we work has changed. So people have home learning and their kids are home from school and they may not be able to respond to your email or get on a call. And maybe for that person, sending an email or a, responding on a weekend works best for them. But yeah. perhaps the person you're sending it to works all week and has been waiting to hear back from you. And so it's just really understanding the boundaries and it goes back to engagement and that that ability to collaborate. And I think that having boundaries, especially in these times, is more important than ever. If you think about it, look at what's happening now with vaccinations. And as vaccinations continue to be rolled out, I think this summer is going to be more important to people than ever. It's going to be mm -hmm. the first opportunity for them to get out of their houses in potentially two years. Yeah. And who wants to get be receiving emails or text messages when they finally get that break to, to spend time away from their home with families during the summer? So it should be interesting to see how these boundaries continue to evolve. Yeah, absolutely. COVID has been a lot of things. And it's also been a global experiment in one in online education, which as far as I can tell has pretty much been a total failure. But two, in, in everything else and how we communicate with each other. It's really changed, especially in the workplace. The, the boundaries all shift when everybody's working from home, or it's not even clear exactly where they are. And maybe they're coming into focus a little bit more. But it's been interesting to see that play out and how it's going to continue to play out. As, we, as you just said, we get into the summer, some people return to work, some don't, and so on. Everything's a little bit up in the air. Absolutely. And just understanding that everything's up in the air and looking for those changes and those shifts and responding to them, it's going to be key. Absolutely. Now, another tip that you have in the article, and this caught my eye, was be present when communicating. So what does this look like in a virtual context and why is it important? So being present is about actively listening and being attentive. So with Zoom, everybody's in the spotlight and we can all be intensely aware of other people's body language as well as our own. It's going to sound a little obvious, but it's a lot easier to be present in person. So <laughs> you need to try and project more presence and clearly communicate when you're on these virtual meetings and Zoom calls with, with your peers and clients. Yes. How do you do that? What does that look like? Because you're totally right. There's a lot lost when it's through a screen and you're not in the same room with some with somebody. Another thing that I think we're all really learning. So how do you demonstrate that kind of listening, that kind of presence when everything is mediated through a screen? I think it's giving your attention because it's so easy to come off as if you're not paying attention. I think that you should be available for questions, that you shouldn't really be talking at people, but it should be more conversational. And then I think making everything that's being said, having it being responded to, and you're not just waiting to talk when the other person's finished. That is a learned skill in my <laughs> experience. And frankly, I think it's the same thing when you're doing an interview like we're doing right now. It's, I've done some teaching in my day, and when I teach about interviewing, we talk a lot about this kind of listening, 
that you have to listen on different levels. On the one hand, you're listening just to what the person's saying, but you also have to listen to make sure that they're giving you the content that you need to tell the story that you need to tell. And that's your job as the interviewer to kind of guide things here or there. Or to, and to determine, okay, the person's going off on a little bit of a tangent, but maybe that's good. Maybe it's really interesting and it's going to result in even better content. It's not as easy as you might think. It's not easy at all. Can you repeat what you just said? No, I'm just... <laughs> I'm just <laughs> I wasn't listening. No, I wasn't listening. No, in all seriousness, I think that you nailed it. it. It's very easy to hear something as somebody's talking and you want to respond to that point at that specific time. I make it a point for myself to, to try to become a better listener. I have a, a tendency myself to just blurt things out when I want to say something. So it, it's definitely something that, that needs to be practiced if it's not within your DNA. Yeah. And it, and even if it is, you can, you get, it's something you get better at the more that you consciously and actively practice it. And I think another reason why this kind of active listening is so important is because, as you said, it signals your presence to the other person or the other people. And it, it, indicates to them that the spotlight is on them. It's about them, not you. And your role is to be an active and engaged listener. It's so easy to get distracted, especially when it's on the screen and the whole internet's available to you. The other person doesn't necessarily know, but they do know if you're not really listening. You can, people can always tell. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then with Slack messages popping up at any given moment and dings and Yep. It's very easy to be distracted. It's that active listening is key. And that's not just with internal communications either. It's very important for us when we're working with our clients to really actively listen to their business needs and what they're trying to achieve rather than going in there and pitching them what we can do for them. It's so important to listen to what they're trying to accomplish so we can actually think about how we can help them rather than telling them how we can help them. It's all about shining the spotlight on your prospect or customer. Because how else are you going to get to know them and really come up with insights that are going to be of use to them? Absolutely. It's about engaging your customer or your prospect, just as you would with your employees. So I'm also curious, we've been talking about how Halo's customers engage their employees and some tips for avoiding over-engagement. What about your role, your marketing role? To what degree is it important marketing to your external audience to think about those boundaries, to avoid over-communication and, and being present and so on? It goes back to what you had mentioned earlier, and it's mentioned in, in the article about the fire hose effect, is that you don't want to just show up to a, a prospect and just shoot everything you got at them. Really, more than ever, it's about the buyer journey and their experience and understanding that your solutions may not line up right now or at this moment with what their priorities are. So I think when it comes to boundaries with prospects and clients, I, I think that you really need to be rigorous in understanding what your client is trying to achieve rather than your own sales goals, or I need an answer, or I need them to upgrade. And if you're in sales, you do want an answer, right? Of course you mm -hmm. want all those things. You just can't force it. 
Yeah. And you can't, as a salesperson, it's easy for me as a marketer, but you can't, as a salesperson, take it personally when somebody doesn't respond to a, an email or a right. cold email that you wrote them about your latest and greatest product offering. It just, it, it's about context. If you don't really know what they're looking for, then how can you offer a solution? That's why the best salespeople out there really know how to work with their clients and take the right approach in understanding how to work with them and how we can help them. And it's so much about that is before trying to sell them anything, developing a relationship. Absolutely. That's something that we focus and we take a lot of pride on, pride in at Halo is the relationships with our customers and our relationships with one another. We're about 1,500 employees and uh, a lot of people are doing a lot of different things in different areas of the business. But understanding and respecting the boundaries of one another. So relationships are, are a key part of how we go to market, both with our customers and with each other. Absolutely. Okay, so we've covered a lot of ground. So I'd like to get some final thoughts. Based on your experience in marketing and internal communications, what's something that our listeners can begin doing today to improve their employee engagement and, and to improve their engagement overall? So I'm going to keep it really simple. A couple of years ago, we did a three-part blog series, and it was called The Big Bleeping Secrets to Employee Engagement. And there were just three quick tips, and I think that would be a good way to wrap things up. So the first one is be nice. You can't mm -hmm. shortcut or fake compassion, and everybody knows when it's not there. So empath empathetic leadership has quickly become a key theme this year. And being nice is a great place to, to start. The second big secret to employee engagement is to speak up. So you can't shortcut or hack human connections. The plain truth is people won't know you appreciate them until you tell them. Mm -hmm. So never assume that people know it or that it, there's no need to say something or that they're appreciated. And then the third and final is to make it count. Uh, you could be nice all day long. You can speak up about accomplishments all day long. But it all has to count towards something. Simply put, don't half-ass it. <laughs> Anything worth doing is doing well. And if you want to engage your employees, it takes more than just a positive attitude. It takes a commitment to doing it. Okay, great advice. Cord, thank you so much for uh, a really great and engaging conversation. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it. That's it for this episode of Engage Your Tribe. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. You know you want to. If you're a marketer or an internal communicator and you're interested in podcasting, we've got tons of free resources on the website at tribknowledge.com. That's T-R-I-B knowledge.com. Thanks for listening and staying engaged.